a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. While Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California has been a reliably progressive vote in the House for decades now, she might not support the Democrats' new spending bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, which, of course, a deal brokered by Senator Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer. And we wanted to figure out what's going on there, that she wouldn't be voting for that. Uh, There's also some conservatives who are talking about what's not in the bill. Uh, Maxine Waters is complaining about what is in the bill. And so let's figure all of that out. And Christian Britsky, an associate editor at Reason, who covers property rights, housing policy, transportation and regulation for Reason, uh, is on the line with us. And Christian, that's a a pretty surprising thing. Uh, Even the language of Representative uh, Waters, as she says, uh, she won't vote for the shameful Shameful Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, tell us, why Why is that a shameful thing? Yeah, sure. So she said she's not committed to voting for it yet. And these comments came on a, um, a call organized by the National Low-Income Housing Coalition, which is um, an uh, organization that, uh, you know, their primary, uh, you know, at, uh, policy efforts are to try and get more uh, federal funding for things like um, – Housing vouchers, affordable housing construction, uh, eviction prevention, things like that. Uh, Maxine Waters has been a uh, real champion for this group in Congress. And uh, during in the first uh, Build Back Better bill, uh, which is kind of the precursor to this inflation adjusted act, she, uh, that passed the House, she managed to get a, a whole bunch of housing spending in that bill. This latest Inflation uh, Reduction Act that comes out, agreed to by the Senator Manchin, the White House, and the uh, congressional leadership um, includes none of that spending, and so she was obviously very furious. And she's talking to a, you know, was talking to an audience that has been pushing for the spending for a long time. So I think you, you will want to interpret those comments in that kind of framework, yeah. Yeah, and so as so as we look at that, uh, obviously as she chairs that House Committee uh, on Financial Services and deals with a lot of those housing issues, uh, and is this one of those where? There were so many things that were packaged into that original Build Back Better uh, that whatever this final version ends up being, uh, there's just going to be a lot of people who are going to say, hey, wait a minute, my thing my thing got left out. Right. Yeah, no, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Um, I mean, certainly, uh, I mean, the housing is the best example of this. I think right at the, you know, right at the beginning of the Biden administration, um, you know, uh, I think a lot of um, congressional Democrats and a lot of advocacy organizations, they had a lot of optimism that there was you know, real appetite from the White House to do a lot of big spending items, to get a lot of Democratic, Democratic policy priorities you know, enacted into law to you know, really up the spending on a lot of these things. And housing was certainly 
top of the list. Um, you know, there was a, it seemed like a lot of support from the administration for increases in vouchers, increases in affordable housing construction. It seemed like there was a lot of appetite amongst a lot of uh, senators as well for that kind of spending. And as time has gone on, the you know political realities of getting a huge spending bill passed have just waned over time, and they particularly run up against. Um, you know, Senator Joe Manchin's uh, skepticism of a massive spending bill, particularly given all the inflation that we're seeing. And so over time, we've just been whittling down the kinds of items that might be included in this bill. And housing is obviously the most recent one to take the cut. Yeah. And let's just dig into that for a minute, because uh, affordable housing is such a, uh, a a big thing right now. What what would this have done in terms I know it was initially called the Unlocking Possibilities Program. What would it actually have done? And is there any path for Representative Waters uh, in the in the process here that that uh, finds its way back in. Oh yeah, sure. So what we're referring to is a um, a much a very small part of the original housing spending package uh, called the Unlocking Possibilities uh, program, which was basically pitched as a sort of zoning um, a way of uh, the federal government could incentivize local and state governments to reform their land use regulations, zoning laws, and what it would have done would have um, appropriated 150 million dollars per year over 10 years um, to local governments basically to do uh, to do planning, right? So to come up with new zoning codes, maybe that would allow for more housing or something like that. It got uh, The program that was included in the, the Build Back Better bill um, got a lot of criticism from people who normally uh, are in favor of zoning reform just because the language was so broad that it could have gone to a lot of different planning uh, activities that didn't necessarily have to do with zoning reform. Um, and there's been a bit of back and forth amongst folks about, you know, how much that money would have actually had to go to, to zoning reform. Um, is there a path for that? Um, it doesn't sound like it would. Uh, it's going to be included in the Inflation uh, Reduction Act. However, I should point out that uh, in the White House's budget request uh, for HUD, the Housing and Urban Development Department, they've requested money for a more expansive uh, version of that program that probably would be a little bit more targeted for actually incentivizing zoning reform. The Biden administration themselves have also, with existing uh, transportation grants, have inserted language in there that would prioritize giving money to people who have maybe made some kind of zoning reform changes at the local level. So there is the idea that policy is popping up elsewhere, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be in this this new uh, Inflation Reduction Act. All right. And does that... Uh threatened. I know uh, Representative Waters didn't commit to voting for or against, uh, but given her criticism, uh, is she the only one? Are there others that uh, may have some hesitancy uh, based on this particular piece? Yeah, so there's been some, uh, um, I guess uh, the the bill has landed uh, a little with a little lukewarm, it's got a little lukewarm reaction from some moderates in the House over some of its um, Tax provisions, I think, about the, you know, particularly around the uh, state and the local income tax uh, deduction. Um, but um, interestingly enough, the kind of progressives who Waters is normally aligned with have uh, been uh, greeted the, the Inflation Reduction Act as pretty favorable. They like the climate spending. They like the predict- uh, prescription drug elements of it. They like the tax increases that are involved. Um, so it, it was interesting to hear Waters come out so strongly against uh, – or at least criticize the bill um, and suggest she might not vote for it when it seems like most of the other you know, progressives in Congress who she's normally aligned with are, are relatively pleased with it. So it, it's, it remains to be seen you know, whether she is just a lone voice of dissent, whether she'll be – kind of can be brought around on the bill. 
Um, so yeah, a lot, lot, lot to be seen. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot to be seen. And of course, we know the uh, uh, the Senate is a little hamstrung at the moment with the number of uh, Democrats uh, currently out of the lineup uh, because of of COVID. Of course, uh, Senator Leahy and his uh, hip surgery. Uh, do we have any kind of a path forward in terms of this or, or what it will look like uh, either from the Senate side or, or when it, once it gets over to the House? Um, I think um, from what I've read, uh, it seems like the um, path in the Senate uh, is relatively straightforward. They're going to hopefully bring it up, I think, for a vote next week is what's being reported. Um, and with Manchin on board, he has been the, you know, the kind of the sticking point uh, for any sort of you know reconciliation package. So with him on board, you'd imagine most other Democrats would, or all other Democrats would fall into line. So, but again, we we shall see, right? Um, as always, as always, we shall see. And uh, I think Senator Sinema, I think, will probably be the wild card in in that one. She seems to be hedging her bets just a little bit uh, as things start to move forward. Yeah, that's right. She hasn't come out explicitly and said she'd support it either. And she has also been a, another one of the uh, kind of more moderate Democratic holdouts for some of these spending bills. Um, but uh, given that this, um, uh, you know, it, the, the new branding of we're going to it, it's a smaller spending package and the new branding of we're fighting inflation with this bill, obviously kind of targeted to people's current concerns might be enough to get over the finish line. All right. Fantastic. Christian Bridgeke, associate editor at Reason, covers uh, prop- property rights, housing policy, transportation policy, and regulation. Uh, Christian, appreciate you joining us on a Friday. Have a great weekend, and I'm sure we'll be following up with you real soon. Okay, great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Again, a lot to watch uh, in that. And we're going to continue to break down what is actually in the bill, not the name of the bill. Uh, we'll We'll get past that in terms of inflation reduction. Will it actually reduce inflation? Uh, Where does the spending go? What's the impact? We'll break all of that down uh, from the left and the right uh, as we continue here on Inside Sources on a Friday. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. We come back uh, in the equal opportunity offender category. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican, uh, is really upset that Amazon's getting into the health care business. Wonder why? We'll tell you why coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.